Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio, reminding you that the choice is yours. I'm Dr. Dream with my co-host Ilya Nabatovsky, and now on with the show. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Dream Reality New Earth Radio, and the date is Tuesday, October 25th in the wonderful year 2011. I am Dr. Dream, and my co-host is... And I am Ilya Nabatovsky. Yeah, Dr. Dream. Ilya, (laughs) it seems like it's been two weeks. I think it has been exactly two weeks. You are correct. <laughs> Crazy. We can't. We can't. I uh, tell you, it's been an amazing two weeks. I really miss doing the broadcast last week. But um, whoa, I was in the the middle of moving, and right. um, what what a wild experience moving is. I mean, and everyone I talk to is like. Oh, yeah, moving. That's one of the toughest things ever. (laughs) And for some reason, for some reason, I chose to move before the ninth wave of the Mayan calendar ends because I wanted the move to be like in the midst of all the stirring up of all of my emotions, all of my fears, all of (laughs) just everything that is represented in this final two weeks of the the ninth wave of the Mayan calendar. I thought, hey, how could I make the move even more intense? And of course, that's what I did because that's how I roll. Of course, brother. I love it. And you've not, you know, you haven't just been moving around. You've been doing a lot of other stuff. Um, there was uh, an event, Ecotopia, where you did what was it, two galactivations? Tell us, tell us about that. Oh my goodness. So here's the thing. We, you know, you always think the move is going to go a little bit easier than it does. And so we were pretty sure by like Friday I'd be all settled here in Ventura. Um, and what happened was Saturday morning at 2.30 in the morning, we finished unloading the 26-foot moving truck that I drove. And it was intense driving this truck. We finished at 2.30 in the morning on Saturday. I slept for two hours, woke up, drove the truck back to Orange County, picked up my vehicle, drove back to Ventura, and then went up to... Uh, with all the tools and modalities and everything that we we do what we do with, uh, went up to Ojai to the Ecotopia event, which was all about yoga, meditation, um, workshops, seminars, and community building. And you know, you know how I feel about Ojai. You and I experienced Ojai together quite a bit, and so to be back there, but to be back there, it the. Ecotopia was at this beautiful property um, up in the hills in Ojai, and it literally was 19 miles from where Laura and I live in Ventura, and it was just like, wow, this is my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) 
Awesome, yeah. brothers. So, yeah, tell us about the Galactivations. What were they like? Well, we the the property was beautiful. Um, there were hundreds of people there. I, I have not gotten a count on how many. We were given the um, inner healing space, which was a beautiful, um, like, uh, uh, parachute-covered structure um, that was kind of open on the sides. The first activation was Saturday um, at 2.30 in the afternoon, so 12 hours after I finished unloading uh, the truck. And uh, Peter Sterling joined us as a co-facilitator, and then Christina Bliss and my dear friend Shai. Um, I met him at Burning Man, and so he had uh, many experiences with us there. He was the other angel. And it was beautiful. You know, there is something about doing these galactivations, these universal love galactivations, these multiple modality experiences to open people up to a greater, more expansive experience of their own heart space, giving them the opportunity to tap into who they really are, the why of their existence. There's something beautiful about doing this at festivals, at at these um, these gatherings where people don't just pull into a parking lot, get out of their vehicle, come in and go to a galactivation. They're already vibing in this energy, similar to like what you and I have done at like Lightning in a Bottle and what we've done at Harmony or, or Burning Man. People are already in this great space. And so it's like there's very little effort to take people into like dropping into their heart space. They're already there. And so it was incredibly beautiful. What came through, you know, I just opened myself up as a, a clear and open channel for source energy. And what came through was, I mean, I felt so, even after no sleep and all of this stuff, I was so energized and so enlivened. And the feedback from people there was only an hour and a half on Saturday. I did the Galactivation, talked to some people, and then I went home. Laura and I had dinner, and then you know we got a good night's sleep. We both went back the next day because we had a two-hour Galactivation. And um, uh, Peter Sterling was not able to be there. Um, uh, my dear friend Sean Wasserman, who's a Psytrance DJ I met at um, Burning Man, he, he was able to be there as another angel. And then, of course, Christina Bliss and Shy again. We had a, uh, a very full space. We had two hours, and I mean, it, it it was it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful, and and I've heard from so many people since then. Um, it just it just reminds me how much I love to do these, how much I get out of it, and then the impact that this has. I mean, this is definitely the vehicle for for Doctor Dream at this point, and we are you know constantly evolving and growing in in this process, but um, truly beautiful. Lots of people there that you knew. There was even a woman that came up to me um, who is Russian, and she met you at the event at in Ojai, in, at uh, the Elevate Estate. Um, and um, so she was like, is Ilya here? And I was just like, <laughs> no, he's not, and now I miss him even more. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's beautiful, brother. Wow, the energy that just, you know, when you talk about it, I feel that it's like I was actually there. And you were saying how at these events, the people that are there are already in that energy of community and they're already vibrating at that higher frequency. And so it's very easy to open them up. 
And speaking of that, I want to mention the Occupy movement, where people are also, you know, gathered as a community. And of course, the Occupy movement's energy isn't the same as the energy of Ecotopia. However, you, my brother, are uh, going to uh, some of these Occupy movements and are going to be opening up some really interesting energies. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, this is really exciting to me because initially when the Occupy movement started, um, I felt that for me there was too much confrontational um, resistance energy, that, that it wasn't the right space for me to be in. I honored, I've said all along, I honor and respect those that feel a calling to be part of the Occupy movement and to be at City Hall and everything else, but it didn't feel like at that point it was my time to be there. Also, with the pending move and everything like that, it was kind of like, hey, I need to stay, you know, like laser focused on, on what I'm doing. Well, the move is complete, and at this point, um, we, I have been invited to uh, do a galactivation at City Hall in Los Angeles for Occupy Los Angeles, and we're also now talking to Santa Barbara. I, I live 30 minutes from Santa Barbara about doing something at um, at City Hall there. And so, um, you know, I'm embracing that that others are embracing bringing the energy that I carry, and so lovingly share. Um, with all those before me, um, you know, to this, to to the experience that's already happening out there. And so more details on that. I know by the end of this week, we'll have uh, set times and, and everything identified. So uh, more of that, more of that forthcoming. Now, now, Ilya, you're you're there in New York City. I mean, we're we we love this until we get you back out to California, and I'm going to love it even more that you're here. But in the meantime, my spin on you not being in California that keeps me from being depressed <laughs> is, uh. is that you are anchoring the energy on the East Coast. I'm doing what I do to anchor the energy on the West Coast. And so, what's been going on in the last two weeks? With you know Ilya and and the East Coast energies, have you made your way back? I know you've been going down to um, Occupy Wall Street. Have you made your way back there? What's what what's what's the East Coast scoop? <laughs> well, I have made my way back there. I was there actually last week on Friday. Um, I met a friend uh, from upstate New York who came down to Occupy Wall Street, and we were there together. Uh, just checking it out, seeing how it has evolved since the very beginning. And I've been there probably around either four or five times now. And every time that I go, I actually feel that the energy has has arisen and the movement of awakening and the movement of the shift that's happening has really hit the Occupy Wall Street movement itself. And last time I was there, there were actually people doing ceremonies and after the ceremony people were actually giving oneness blessings to each other <laughs> there was actually diksha happening around <laughs> this this area called the tree of life with a beautiful altar and this beautiful energy with yoga and meditation and chanting and i was like wow just it's so amazing how fast things can evolve from being, you know, a lower energy to being such a high vibrational, beautiful, amazing spiritual energy. It it just speaks to 
to the beautiful evolution of the Occupy movement, where it seemed like initially people felt like, oh, we'll make a big statement and, and those that get arrested and everything, it's going to help the movement and everything like that. And now what I'm finding, and this is just my perspective, I've not been out to any of the places, but the people I'm talking to and everything else is spirit has fully come in and 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 it's it's taken on um a capacity of heart space and and also i'm seeing more about hey let's not be so focused on 99% and 1% because that is all about separation let's focus on 100% and open up the energy for whoever has slipped out of that 100% to slip back in because we are all in this together. Absolutely, brother. I couldn't have said it better myself. And um, yeah, I, I'm all with the 100%. Let's bring it on. Let's bring it all back together and move on to the next level of our evolution as one big family. Oh, I love this. I love this. Anything else going on in the East Coast you want to share with us? I am so excited about tonight's guest. That I'm not wanting to rush you or anything like that, but I'm just like, I want to hear a little more if there's anything on the East Coast, and then I'm just chomping at the bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, uh, I've just been reintegrating my energy with my soul family here uh, with these beautiful new people that I've met that I feel like I've known them forever, and I've just been going here and there and connecting and you know, grounding my energies here in New York and just shining my bright light and being the love that I am. And it's been a great journey. And um, other than that, that's, you know, there's nothing much more to share. So why don't we go ahead and introduce tonight's well, guest, brother? I, I do want to say one thing, Yuli. I hope that when people first meet you, they're wearing their sunglasses because you are, you carry as much light and love as anyone I've ever met, and you said something about, you know, soul family and everything, and I, I just want to make a comment about that, because sometimes people think, oh, you know, I'm in blank, blank, whatever state, and, and there's just not like-minded people here, and, and I really believe the bottom line is, when you open yourself up, and you know that we are all part of the oneness of all that is, God, Goddess, all that is, that that. Y your soul family is there wherever you are. You maybe sometimes have to look a little deeper or 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 set aside any preconceived ideas about a specific area or something like that. But the soul family is ready to be, you know, really present for all of us wherever we are. Um, and, of course, then there's always Facebook and the Internet where the soul family is very easy to connect with and and thank goodness that we all um are realizing the value of leveraging technology in such a way that um it's about uh connection and and uh and spirit now that being said we are in some incredible times right now. I mentioned uh, that we're what are we three days from you know the uh, the end of the ninth wave of the mind calendar, according to Kalaman and others. And um, who knows what new energy we'll all be feeling on the 29th. I know personally, since August, I've been feeling some wild energies. I have cried more um, since the beginning of August. 
um, than I have at any other particular time in my life. It's been wild. All my stuff has been coming up. I embrace it because it's giving me an opportunity to really consciously move into who I came here to be. Tonight's guest is Dorothy Lee Donahue, and the topic tonight, and it couldn't be more appropriate, is navigating the shift of the ages. And I just, I mean, as I, um, you you were the one, Ilya, who suggested uh, Dorothy for, for the broadcast tonight. And as soon as I went to her site, I was just like, absolutely, this is, you know, the being that, that is, is, you know, divine perfection and source has sent us, um, you know, to really do the, this broadcast at this time based on everything that's going on. And then I read even, I, I, the, the bio is sent to me and I'm like, wow, talking about the shift of the ages and, and people called her a cosmic accelerator, which I'm so excited. I mean, I, I, one of my first questions is going to be, what is a cosmic accelerator? I just love it. And so I am so excited that we have Dorothy Lee Donahue and I could go into some more explanation, but really, um, I just want to cut right to Dorothy right now and, and, and bring her energy in here um, because I know tonight's going to be a lively and valuable conversation. Dorothy, are you with us? Yes, I am, and I'm very happy to be here. Uh, this is this is very exciting, and, and I, I, I already let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. Um, you know, my first question, um, what is this about being a cosmic accelerator? <laughs> it's just part of my job. I'm an awakener, an activator, and a cosmic accelerator. What I, I I do my best to do is awaken people from the comatose state that most human beings have been in up until now with this uh, acceleration of, of positive energies coming into the planet. It's easier to awaken people than it has been for most of my lifetime. The cosmic acceleration is we have such amazing, amazing gifts. Each one of us comes in to this world with very special talents and gifts. And one of my gifts is I can accelerate people on their path once they actually come and have a session with me. I can download them with all of the star codes and uh, that unlock the adulterated codes that are in our matrix. And what this does is helps them get clearer faster, helps mm. them remember who they are and what they have come to do. So it is really quite an acceleration, and it's a lot of fun. Wow. And and your your definition of it or your description of it is as, as expansive as as those two words really are together. I mean, cosmic accelerator, cosmic acceleration. And I, I think we're all, you know, kind of feeling this, um, you know, and we're all individuals, so on different levels we're feeling it. Talk to us a little bit, um, Dorothy, about, like, from your perspective and and from how you connect and what comes through you, talk to us about what's going on at this time right now. Because I know when I mentioned that it's been difficult at times for me since the beginning of August, pretty much across the board, people are saying, oh, thank goodness you're saying this because I thought it was just me and I thought I was going crazy. I mean, people came up to me over the weekend and said, 
men came up to me and said, wow, I don't talk to people about this, but I've been crying a lot since August also. And I'm like, well, you know, here we are. We're all in this together. So, Dorothy, talk to us. Share with us a little bit about your perspective of, of all of this at this time. Well, I'm so glad you asked that because I told three people today that if you're not going through shit, you're not going through the shift. It's <laughs> <laughs> coming up. And that's wonderful. You know, human beings are fascinating creatures, and and we are able to push our stuff down and push it down and push it down, and we use various ways to numb ourselves out and not look at stuff, and then it manifests as dis-ease of all kinds. Well, with this shift, it's a shift of consciousness, and part of becoming conscious is to become conscious and aware of what we have not looked at, what we need to uncover, discover, and discard, what we need to look at and embrace instead of judge. So that's what's going on. And I tell people, if if you're not having a bad time right now, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I can promise you. Because with the intensity of the energies that are coming into the planet, to assist us in shifting before we can become the totally conscious and awake co-creators that we have come to this planet to be, we have to deal with our stuff. And human beings, I've been so good at it, at pushing down emotions. We're taught at a very early age, big boys don't cry, you know, don't show your emotions, uh, don't cry, don't let anyone see how vulnerable you are. And this is the wrong message. So let it come up, let the tears come out. It's a release, it's a cleansing, it's preparing you for your light body, it's preparing you for the wonderful new world we're in the process of co-creating. Dorothy, I'm just, I'm sitting here, I'm so resonating with every single word um, that that you're saying, and and it 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 really is important. I I have this thing where I tell people if they're if they're feeling just very comfortable in their life, they need to readdress their life and start pushing their envelope because what they're really in is a rut. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, well, most people live in comfortable misery for a long time. They don't really realize how miserable they are because they've gotten so used to it. And you call it a rut, and I just call it comfortable misery. Yes. We have come here to do great things, each one of us. And if you're just doing your eight-to-five job and hating it and hating to put your feet on the floor in the morning, you're not doing it right. That is the old energy, the old paradigm. And what the shift of the ages is about is about a shift of human consciousness where we feel our feelings, where we think less and feel our feelings, and where we make decisions from the heart and not the head. That's what this is all about. Yeah, so true. And it's just, you know, when we share this, I mean, I know what's going on, and I'm. it's just that as I'm listening to you, I literally feel my my being relax more. You know, even though that what you're saying is just different words for what I'm doing in Galactivations and, and what I'm doing with my one-on-one clients, it is so refreshing. Um, or maybe just um, this thing where it's like, oh, yeah, Dr. Dream, you're, you're really not alone. And it's this additional validation of, 
of what's happening right now. Now, um, you you've been at this for a while. I mean, you didn't just fall off the turnip truck, now, did you, Dorothy? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I uh, so, finally escaped Texas. I finally escaped from Texas in 1985 and came to California, and that's when I really had my awakening. But I, just like other human beings, have had my very human moments, and it has been quite a journey out here. And uh, during that time, during those 27 years, I have fallen into that comatose state myself. I, uh, When I first came out here, I worked in the mortgage industry, and I got myself fired in 1993 because I knew that we could not allow the loan officers to fabricate pay stubs and, and tax returns and get people into homes that they couldn't afford because I knew what was worse than being not approved for a loan was to have your home taken out from under you in foreclosure. And I didn't want to be a part of that. Well, the company I worked for said, we want to go back to our old style of managing, where they let the loan officers do whatever. And that's why the mortgage industry and the banking industry, part of why it's in the shape it's in today. But I was way ahead of my time. I was in 1993. And I injured myself on the way out of the office and went into a downward spiral and forgot everything that I knew, Dr. Dream. I forgot that I was the power in my world. I forgot how to consciously co-create because I was in pain, and I ended up in a wheelchair. I ended up being unable to walk without excruciating pain, unable to sit or stand. And had I listened to what I was telling the people who God only knows why, <laughs> kept knocking on my door wanting me to heal them. Had I listened to what I said to them, I could have gone through it with grace and ease. But I didn't. And uh, I had to die for the seventh time this lifetime near-death experience and be sent back to heal myself before mm. I could, could uh, do it right. So it's been an interesting ride. This is fascinating to me because about three years ago or four years ago, I took a year and a half break from being Dr. Dream. I put the, the broadcast down. I, I did no um, speaking engagements. And I ended up um, in the hospital with MRIs, colonoscopies. My, uh, I had one doctor say that they wanted to take out uh, part of my uh, large intestine, but he didn't really think that would help. <laughs> wow. And, but it was, it was this thing, and I, I stopped, and I looked at my life, and I said, I said wow, you have, gone, you have gone so far out of your way to walk away from your mission, to turn your back on your mission, and guess what? You know it all too well, and, you know, ignorance was bliss at one time in my life, but once you cross that, you can never go back to being ignorant, and I thought I could. I thought if I drank a little more, if I smoked a little more, if I did a little more of any of my addictions, that I could, you know, like go back to this, you know, kind of blissful and yet ignorant existence, and it was like, no, you can't. You're going to make yourself really sick. And I had 11 kidney stones in 20 months, wow. not to mention everything else. And it was just like I, I put myself through the most excruciating pain in that 20 months 
that I could imagine. And as soon as I said, okay, enough, I, 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 know how, I know how it's playing out, I'm stepping back up to what I'm here to do, all of that, all of it went away. The kidney stones. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Well, I had to die before I stepped up, and mine lasted a lot longer than 20 months. I'm not proud of it. I'm, I'm proud that I survived. Uh, because I gave all of my power to the medical system and to the workers' comp system. And it wasn't until I uh, started throwing away the, the drugs, the mind-bending drugs they had me on, then, and when I could think clearly and say, what are you doing, what have you done, and take my power back, but in the meantime, I literally lost my mind where they carried me out of the house in that cute little jacket that ties in the back. You know, it when you give your power away to the medical world, um, you are just not doing what we've come here to do. And medicine has a great, great place in this world. And there are wonderful, wonderful doctors out there. I just had one on my radio show today who is a naturopath and she's amazing and she's written a great book about uh, what a toxic world we live in and how to thrive in it. So there's really good information out there. But if you give your power away, you will end up sick and crazy. And and the reason that I love that you share your story, Dorothy, and I share mine and I I share the stories of people that have come to me with with tumors and and other types of physical ailments and and they they move through it is because reality is fluid. The fact that you couldn't walk is a reality that that shifted. The fact that that I was in such excruciating pain and they wanted to take me and and cut me open and start taking things out of me and all I did was bring myself back to center, connect the dots with why it was all happening, and it all went away. It's a really valuable lesson for people is that, you know, hey, nothing is as solid as it looks, be it, you know, uh, physical illness. Nothing and, is yep. real, and yet everything is. It's very interesting. You, um, you did it right. And when I was at the light... And uh, they said, you have to go back. You have to go back. You're part of the shift. You've got a big job to do. And I'm standing there with these beautiful beings. There was Archangel Raphael, the angel of wholeness, and the man the world knew as the Christ. And I said, look, you're the dudes. Heal me. You know, and I'll be glad to go back. And they said, Dorothy, 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 you know, you have come. And you have chosen to experience this so you can help others. If we healed you, what good would that do? And mm. I was pissed off. I'm surprised I didn't <laughs> off the kidney stones because they had really made me angry. But they told me, they said, I'm going to give you a book. You'll get a book within three days, and you're going to learn from that book how to heal yourself. And then you're going to take that message around the world. And the book was the messages from water. And it took me a little while of showing it to my clients. I was just absolutely fascinated how everything we look at, everything we listen to, every word we read, every thought we think, every prayer we utter is energy. And it affects 
water, and it affects our bodies because our brains, if we are hydrated, are between 80 and 95% water. And so uh, I could see how I could heal myself. And the way I did it was I changed my thoughts and my words. And I hurt like hell when I stood up. But I said, I feel great. And my family would challenge me because they could see the pain in my body and in my face. And they said, I, oh, your poor knees or your poor back. And I'd say, there's nothing poor about them. I have the greatest knees in the world. I walk easily and gracefully. Still don't have the grace down, but I do walk easily. And I walk up and down the stairs. And within six months, I was on a plane to South Africa and I climbed a mountain. So if I can do it and you can do it, Dr. Dream, anyone can do it. We are the power in our world. And as real as it was, the doctors told me that I would never walk again without excruciating pain. I had bone on bone in my disc and the spine. And so what has changed? These are the same knees. What has changed is me and my thoughts. And this is what I help people do, and this is what you help people do. And I loved what you said about at the beginning, the choice is yours. And it is. The choice is ours. And what this shift is about is it's time for us to make more and more elegant choices and to understand and recognize and acknowledge that there are no mistakes, that the past is the past, and those less than elegant choices we made were all made so that we could become who we have come here to be. And it's just time to make more elegant ones, and we are all capable of that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, Dorothy, I love what you said, that if you can do it and I can do it, anybody can do it, because that's my message to people. You know, they see us, um, you know, speaking around the world and doing this and that. People want to... Um, make it out like like we're something incredibly special. And it's like, well, we're just as incredibly special as each of the other 7 billion beings on this planet. And, and all it takes is a dedication to creating change, a dedication to shifting your belief systems. You know, whatever it is, and reality isn't solid, it's fluid, anything can be changed. I'm feeling such kindred spirit with you i'm just like <laughs> i'm really loving well, that. i'm so glad that we have found each other and and you i live in sherman oaks where are you i'm in ventura you're a neighbor of mine well, of. okay so you need to come <laughs> over and fly with me and uh really have an experience of a lifetime it is wonderful i've watched uh I've looked at your website, and it's wonderful to see what you're doing. And you know there are millions of us doing the same thing. I call mine energetic alchemy. I'm not sure exactly what you call your work, but it's all the same, whether you call it a diksha or reiki or whatever. It's manipulating the energy, and our words are energy, our thoughts are energy, and so... Let's change our thoughts to serve us. Let's change our words to serve us. And we're doing that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Occupy Wall Street. I am so excited, Ilya, that you are there and you're getting to see it firsthand. 
What is exciting to me about Occupy Wall Street, when I checked last week, there were 17 countries involved. 17 countries. Not cities, not states, but 17 countries who are supporting this movement. And today, CBS had the results of a poll where people were asked, do you agree with the views of Occupy Wall Street movement? 43% said yes. 27% said no, and 30 don't know. But we have 43%. That's a tipping point. That's people saying enough is enough, things have to change. And this is happening all over the world. This is the shift in consciousness, and that's what the shift is about. Now, uh, October 28th, the world is supposed to end, according to some out there. It's not December 21st, 2012, and I can't wait. All that means is the old world, the old paradigm, all of that is ending, but it has already shifted. There is such a shift of consciousness. There are people doing their best to help other people all over this world. And what you are doing and what beautiful Ilya is doing, uh, there, there are millions of us. And what I really am happy to know is that I'm not in this alone, so I understand you're appreciating my validation because you're validating me too, and I love that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Ilya, before you say something, I just want to say about this validation. You know, each time any of us, any of the 7 billion of us, step up, to our responsibility as individuals and responsibility as part of the collective, it gives other people permission to do the same. And that's that's what I love. Me too. Yes, absolutely. And I want to just say that you were talking about the poll on CNN, and what's interesting to me is that even with all the media manipulation, even with all the chemtrails and blah, 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 people are still waking up and can still see through the fog. And that's what's really amazing um, about this whole shift in consciousness is that even though they don't exactly understand what is going on, on some level, their soul knows that there is something wrong with the way society operates at this time. And that, and they know, they feel that, that we need a change. And so I'm really excited that on an intuitive level, the people's soul itself, the very core of their being, is waking up to this to the shift that's happening. I'm so excited about that. Years ago, I think it was in 93 when I uh, was fired from my job, and I had not been on the Internet at that time. I had had a computer that I used for work, but we weren't tied to the Internet. And uh, my friends from far, far away said, you must get onto the Internet. The Internet is the great equalizer. The Internet is going to change things. And uh, so I got onto it. And what I ask for our listeners is to please use your gift of discernment and be careful what you believe and uh Really go inside and see what feels good 
and not the kind of feel good that you, Dr. Dream, and I used to do by drinking too much. In my case, I used sex and alcohol, you know, to feel good. I know now that didn't really feel good at all. It was just something to distract me from what I have come here to do. But now I know what feels good. And what feels good is when you see people changing, when you see people uh, taking their power back. That feels really, really good. Mm. Now, I want to also talk to you, Dorothy, about what's coming up after October 28th. And I'm talking about 11-11-11. And there are going to be so many events happening. Yeah, please talk to us about that. Well, There's another poll that just came out. This poll asked three questions. Is something good going to happen on 11-11 or nothing happen or something bad happen? (laughs) And 40% of the people said something good will happen on a global scale. That's Mm. exciting. That's really exciting. And uh, only 15% said something bad will happen. Now, that's awesome. So 39% says nothing will happen, it's just another day. So we're really doing we're really doing well. Like Elia said, people are waking up. So what is 11-11? It's a date when new energies are coming into the planet. And this is a mathematical universe. And 11 is a master number. It's a frequency uh, that is so powerful. It is going to be a special day, but the 29th is going to be a special day. We're going to wake up, and and you're going to find more people joining in the Occupy Wall Street. More and more people are already moving their money out of the big banks into smaller banks and credit unions, and more and more are going to do this. That's a shift in consciousness. That is taking practical steps. On 11-11, there's a great movie being released called Thrive, and it tells a great, uh, in a very great way, through the eyes of some amazing people, how the world got into the shape it is. But what is so exciting about this movie, Thrive, is that it gives solutions. It tells you what you can do to become a part of the change you want to see in the world. And it has websites linked to it that just give practical steps of how we can change this world. So I'm excited about that. And it's being launched officially on 11-11. Many associate 11-11 with a wake-up. And it is a wake-up. It's a, a wake-up call. It's, uh, I don't know about you guys, but when something wonderful is happening in my life, which happens every day, I'll look at the clock and it's 11-11. <laughs> I'm noticing that more and more. Yuri Geller said, he calls 11-11 the doorway. He said, this can presently be perceived as a crack between two worlds. It's like a bridge which has the inherent potential of linking together two very different spirals of energy. As we unite together as one, bringing together our fragments of the key, we not only create the key, but we make visible the doorway. 
Thus, mm. this bridge functions as an invisible door or a doorway into the invisible realm. So this is a doorway into a new reality. There's not going to be any mass ascension. There's not going to be any spaceships coming down and picking us up and taking us to their planets or taking us to Middle Earth. None of that is happening. Mother Earth is shifting and changing. And uh, in spite of the men behind the curtain, beautiful and wonderful things are happening. And although there have been some lives lost with the floods and with the earthquakes, uh, very little has been done. I mean, you know, we could have lost millions of people instead of just a few. So the shift is shifting. The earth is shifting, and we are shifting. The numbers 1111 say pay attention. It also, 11 represents the spiraling twin strands of the human DNA moving into higher frequency of consciousness. 11 represents balance. It's a wonderful, wonderful new golden age emerging. And so when they talk about the end of the world, which has been prophecy forever, they're talking about the energies of the old world dying. And nothing could be better than that. That's right. Now, Dorothy, we've got listeners you know, really all over the world, and some people will be, uh, you know, possibly at, um, we're, we're doing um, the big alchemy events and some other events on 11-11 and that weekend, and and the 28th, 29th, where we've got some people gathering and things like that, but there may be plenty of people listening that don't have things going on in their community. What, what's the best I mean, you know, what do you suggest to people that 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 want to honor this shift, um, but there's nothing specific going on near them or something like that? How can they, you know, what what do you suggest? Well, they can go to thrivethemovie.com and they can order a copy of the movie and have a house party and share it with people. That's one of the things they can do. They can just get together and set their intention for the new world that we're co-creating. I suggest that they gather their family and their friends. That is, this is a new beginning. This is a new way of living and being. And it's a day that needs to be celebrated. But no matter where they are, have them Google 1111 events. I know there's something going on in every neighborhood in every country of this world on 1111. Dorothy, are you doing anything special on October 28th or 29th? <laughs> every day is very special. <laughs> I'm doing a radio show. But um, I will be with friends and we will be celebrating the end of the old kind of like a new year's eve party you know but really truly celebrating the end of the old way nice and then 1111 are you um, is there an organized event you're doing or are you um you know just gathering there's, your soul family the ascension con- convention on 1111 some dear friends of mine dream shield is presenting the ascension convention and uh, talk about the ascension being within. 
I will be, in a, be doing a workshop on love and miracles. It's my thoughts that it is only through loving and forgiving ourselves first that we can actually become and be who we've come here to be. It all begins within each of us. And we've been taught to look outside of ourselves for love, and we've been taught to forgive everyone, and the only ones we really need to forgive are ourselves, forever believing that anything should have been done any different than it was. And and it all begins with self-love. We must start loving ourselves. Uh, it We've been told that we're very selfish when we love ourselves, and that's just an old, old story. So please join us. If you don't have anything to do in the L.A. area, you can come to the Ascension Convention. Uh, Filippo Voltaggio is going to do a wonderful workshop there. There is so much all-day and all-evening celebration. And I believe that there will be a premiere of the movie Thrive during the day or the evening. So it's uh, going to be midnight. It's a wonderful festival, and people can show up for that. What are you doing? Um, the alchemy event in Los Angeles, uh, George Norrie is, um, one of the hosts, uh, we're doing a galactivation from 10 in the morning to 11 in the morning, building up to a ceremony for 11, 11 on 11, 11, 11. Um, and then there's, uh, the rainbow vortex event, um, for 11 days, uh, at, um, uh, Big Bear, we'll be doing something up there. Um, and then some some sort of informal gatherings. But before we before we move through this, um, you spoke about something that's of course, you know, very dear um, to what I share um, and what 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 so many of us share, and that's about loving yourself. And so, Dorothy, you know, a lot of people they hear, oh, it's really important to to love yourself. I I just what do you tell people who come up to you and say, "How do I, how do I get started really loving myself?" I get this question a lot, and I know what I say, but I would just love to hear uh, from you. Well, I tell them it's going to be really hard until they decide it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Once we decide it's easy. We can do it. It's it's interesting. Years ago when I got Louise Hay's wonderful book, You Can Heal Your Life, and she talks about self-love and says, you know, look in the mirror and love yourself. And and, uh, people said they, I tell people to start by looking in the mirror and to love themselves. But what is important is to first have them tell me all of the reasons why they don't love themselves what is unlovable about them because they've been programmed to believe that they are unlovable and then have them to take a look and see if those are really valid reasons if there's any truth in that and that's where the forgiveness comes in we think we're unlovable because each and every one of us on this planet have made many less than elegant choices and we've hurt other people and and we've done some really uh, not-so-nice things. But the truth is, 
we cannot do anything to anyone else. We can only do it to ourselves. So if uh, we've done something and we've judged it as bad and wrong, it's because we've done it to ourselves. And when we can forgive ourselves, then we can really begin to love ourselves. So forgiveness is the key. There's a wonderful Hawaiian prayer that starts out with, I am so sorry, please forgive me, I love you, I thank you. And so this is how I get people to love themselves. And what I did was, I am so sorry, Dorothy Lee, for ever believing that you were anything less than wonderful. Please forgive me, I love you, I thank you. And I used that as my mantra when the monkey would start saying, but no, you were bad when you did this, when that monkey chatter starts. And so I used the mantra, I am so sorry, please forgive me, I love you, I thank you. And I teach people to do this and fill in the blanks and forgive themselves for whatever it is that they have been judged or that they are judging themselves on. And this will lead to self-love. But more than that, there are adulterated codes that were introduced into the matrix of this planet. I do a lot of work with the star codes. And uh, there are antidote codes and renewal codes. The Andromedans have given us some. This wonderful man in New Zealand has done some incredible work with the Pleiadian codes. He was a big business guy who had like eight businesses. And one day a couple of Pleiadians dropped in and and he started drawing these pictures. He had never drawn anything in his life. And you just have to look at the codes and they change you. They're the Arcturian codes by Janos of the Netherlands. Fantastic codes. And so if our listeners will write to me at loveandmiracles at gmail.com and is spelled out loveandmiracles at gmail.com. I will send them the links. And all you have to do is look at these codes. And they unlock the codes in our brain that keep us believing that we are less than, that keep us stuck, that keep us in lack They are wonderful, wonderful antidotes and renewals. And so I have links to all three, the Arcturians, the Pleiadians, and the Andromedan Codes. And they're magical and wonderful tools. And if our listeners come and fly with me, you will actually put you on my energy table and do my energetic alchemy. You will actually see the codes uh, as they are going into you. It's an amazing experience. And Dr. Dream, I'd love to see you. Ilya, you never made it over here. You left town. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I wasn't supposed to be there at that time, but when I That's do come right. back to the West Coast, I will make sure to come and visit you, Dorothy. Okay. I'm I'm going to hold you to that promise. And Dr. Dream, I, I hope to see you in the next few days so you <laughs> can be better prepared for... I- I am telling you, you don't have to ask me twice, Dorothy. I'm I'm thinking my my mind's running through my schedule, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to be seeing Dorothy soon. Yes, you are. So uh, once you begin to forgive yourself, then you can really see that you're lovable. And once you understand, 
you know, I've had the benefit of a slow learner. Some people only have to die once or twice to get it. But I've had the benefit of having near-death experiences. And so I know there is no death, And and but I also learned a lot of things. And one of the things I learned is that I chose this experience. And as Shakespeare said, all the world is a stage and everyone on it a player. Well, not only are we the actor in our story, we're the ones who have written it. And we have written some interesting things, Dr. Dream, you know, the illnesses and and, uh, the things that we chose because we chose to be what human beings call healers. You and I know that all healing is Mm self-healing, but that's what we call us, our healers. And I remember being told at the light when I was in so much pain, and they said, go back, you have many to heal. You have many to show how they can heal themselves. And they said the only good healers are wounded healers. And I said, wow, well, I qualify. I'm going to go back and get <laughs> But had we not chosen the things that we did, who could hear us? You know, who could hear uh, that it can be done? And you and I have proven that it can be done. So it's a... Uh, it's a wonderful thing when you realize that you have written this story and you have cast it, you have you're the makeup artist, the hairdresser, you dress the stage, you dress yourself, you're the costume designer. So you're the producer, the director, the casting agent because you've invited all of these beautiful people into your lives. And those who are the biggest pain in the rear are your master teachers. And when you don't allow them to affect you anymore, you have graduated. And it is really a time where people are going to begin to have relationships. That's what I'm so excited about. You know, I've known very few human beings who have had relationships. They've all been in reactionships because that's what we've been programmed to do, is to react to one another. But Mm. we are into a time where we are going to relate to one another from our hearts and understand there is no separation, and I cannot hurt you without hurting me. I cannot. And I cannot, uh, I'm not responsible if you choose to be hurt by something that I say, you have an opportunity to make a better choice, and you can choose to see that whatever I am doing, if it's not from my heart, it's from a place of a damaged little girl that needs healing. Mm. You can passion, and through your compassion, I can change. Well, that's that's beautiful. I love the distinction between reactionship and relationship. And that's, for me, um, it was last November I started doing some very focused, uh, intentional work on um, healing and nurturing and fostering the um, the inner divine feminine, the inner divine masculine. And I pretty much figured, been married three times, lots of other relationships, I pretty much figured that now it's just about my mission. But I was doing this inner work um, and really doing a lot of healing, and it was six and a half months ago 
that I met the most amazing um, being uh, for me. And, um, you know, we are in a most incredible sacred union partnership, but a relationship. And what has happened in the last six and a half months has been so incredibly beautiful. And I realized that it it was kind of like, no, Dr. Dream, you're not going to get out of this life without really navigating um, the relationship uh you know what relationship truly is and and what comes up being in that safe and secure partnership and it it's been as uh, more incredible than anything I could have ever planned on well you did plan on it at the light we all <laughs> we all choose our path at the light it's really interesting because each time when they said you have to go back and i'm going no you can't make me they'd say look we're going to give you a little peek at uh, at your story here and they actually showed me the script that i had written now uh at the first of this year i was in germany teaching and and my friends from far, far away actually took me into the future, Dr. Dream. And I'm so excited to tell you that the future is now. And we are co-creating the most beautiful world. And there is not one person on this planet who does not deserve to have a mutually beneficial relationship with their divine complement. But they have to love themselves first and that's what you did. You stepped out of the punishing yourself. You forgave yourself and you loved yourself and your light because your woman was looking for a man who loved himself, not for one who was self-destructive. I remember teaching in Germany and one of my clients came to me and she was crying and she's a beautiful woman, but she was crying and frowning and said, you know, when she goes out, all of the other women are dancing and nobody looks at her. And I said, are you crying and frowning like this? Because I can tell you the man that's looking for you isn't looking for a woman who's crying and frowning. He's looking for a woman who loves herself. And when I came back a year later, she was with her divine compliment because she started loving herself and smiling, and he was able to see her light. So when we become in love with ourselves, then and only then can we attract that person that we have chosen as the light to be in our lives. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And and it's so true that, you know, that is that, that first step is to love yourself and be complete the masculine and feminine within yourself, so you're not looking to complete yourself with someone else. It's like you just said, the compliment will come forth, the, that being that's here to compliment you, not to complete you, because each of us has the ability to be complete all on our own. And, and that's truly, that's part of the experience. It needs to be part of the experience. It needs we need to learn how to relate to ourselves. We we are so in reaction to ourselves all of the time and to people around us. And once we begin to really love and forgive ourselves, then magic happens. We get well. We um, invite more beautiful people into our lives. And uh, we let go of those reactionships that don't work for us anymore. It's an amazing process but we have all come here 
to be the light. We have all come here to be love. And it is through loving and forgiving ourselves that we can begin to co-create miracles in our lives and in the lives of those we love. And that's the only way it can be done. Mm, so true. Dorothy, I want to hear some stories. You you, you, you get to um, uh, be a wonderful catalyst, a facilitator, a, a, a bright light for a lot of people. Can, can you share some stories with us that just might touch, you know, a listener, you know, in a way that, that can assist in their process? What kind of stories? I have all kinds of stories. Let's see. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about stories of, of you know, t- the stories that, that serve our highest selves the most, about, about, you know, what happens when we become empowered, about what happens when we love ourselves, about what happens when we decide that we don't need to struggle anymore and, and that's not a requirement for being human. Those, those kinds of things, because you must just have like volumes of you know uh of of how people have shifted um oh it's amazing how people can shift and and when we love ourselves we are we're kind to not only ourselves but to other people because loving ourselves means that we're pretty good people by the time we uh forgive ourselves we just start being nicer one of my favorite stories is of a young woman in germany who who's challenge was she would go to work every day and she hated her boss and everybody hates him everybody hates him she said before he comes in we share coffee cake and we we share coffee and stories and laughter and the moment he walks in that room everything shuts down and i said wow what must that feel like to him to be so hated what must that feel like? Have you ever um, wondered why you hate him so much? Well, everybody does. And I said, do you know him at all? Do you know anything about his uh, home life? Do you know anything about his family life? And she didn't know anything. And I said, why don't you try something different? When he comes in, why don't you try just smiling at him? and saying, good morning, how was your weekend? She came back to see me a month later, and she was a different woman. She couldn't wait to go to work. And not only did she shift her relationship with him, but she helped everyone in the office, and it all started with a smile. And it all started with her understanding that if he was grumpy, he might have had something to be grumpy about, or it just might be that when he walked in, everyone shut down. And they had all shut down because they had loved their previous boss, who had been replaced by this man, (laughs) not at his request to be the one to come in, but at the upper echelon. So it was a beautiful, beautiful story of transformation. And it transformed this whole company. So when we treat everyone the way we would like to be treated, magic happens. When we think from our heart, when we feel, when we choose to relate and not go into reaction, magic happens. 
Can you imagine, uh, like I said about the young woman, all she did differently was when she went out, she smiled her beautiful smile. Instead of sitting there thinking, no one's going to ask me to dance. No one's going to look at me. She changed her thoughts and said, I'm the prettiest person here. And within a very short time, she attracted her divine compliment. So it's such a simple thing. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I can tell you this is the number one thing I ask for people to do. It is written in every major religion. Don't do anything to anyone else that you don't want to have happen to you. In most religions, it is a warning. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that's because whatever we do comes back to us. And so I encourage our listeners to take a look at the people in their lives who are the biggest thorn and see what gift is in the relationship. And one story that I had that's really interesting was this man came to me and he had a cancer, really horrible cancer on his neck. And I said, who is the biggest pain in your neck? And he said, it's my wife. And I said, well, we need to take a look at this. And there's something that we can do to heal this situation or it's going to kill you. And, you know, uh, he was able to take a look at it and to agree to disagree with his wife and to dissolve the marriage. And he, his cancer went away. And when we don't look at what's going on inside of us, when we don't feel our feelings and we just push them down, they will turn into dis-ease. And it can kill us if we are not careful. So it's very, very important. I have so many healing stories of how people healed themselves through love and forgiveness and through taking a look at their relationships and seeing if they really, really served one another. I have a lot of people who come to me and ask me, is this man my divine compliment or is this woman my divine compliment? And you know, Dr. Dream, my answer is always the same. If you have to ask me, the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) When you are with that special person, I used to answer more honestly, but I learned my lesson there because it doesn't matter what I know, they have to know it. And uh, it's really interesting. You can be with your divine compliment or your divine compliment can be right in front of you, but if you get into your human stuff, you can really mess it up. I remember a woman came to me and uh, she said, have I met my divine compliment? And she was my... uh, doctor's nurse and the her divine compliment was the physical therapist and I said you've met him but you don't really know him because he had just started work that day and she said it's and she gave his name and I said well why were you asking me but then you know what I watched was really sad she knew that this was the man of her dreams 
Well, he was a very handsome man, educated, and he was the the young man that every mother wants her daughter to bring home. And because she knew it, she thought that he should know it. And he really did like her. And uh, he became very good friends with my son and spent a lot of time at my house. And he would say, would you ask her to come over? And uh, so I would. And she began to think that he should behave in a certain way because her divine compliment would, and he should be asking her, and he should be doing this. And her behavior was so erratic that he asked me one day, is she on medication? <laughs> and I said, no, should <laughs> be. And she pushed this man right into the arms of another woman. And that relationship or reaction didn't work out either. But I saw her destroy something that uh, could have been absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Mm. So it's uh, it's interesting, the choices we make. And, and uh, when we think someone should be doing something different, when we play the games that men and women play, well, he should know what I'm thinking. Well, how in the hell is he going to know what you're thinking when you <laughs> know what you're thinking? So, you know, don't play games, folks. What I want everyone to have is a relationship with their divine complement. And I have a, a, a ritual that I pass on to people. And on a new moon, I have them call in their divine complement. But before you can, you have to... Know what you want in this other person. We spend more time picking out a computer or a car or an apartment than we do a relationship or a reactionship, you know. And it's really important to write down what it is you want, what aspects are important to you. So I have a four- or five-page list that I pass out and say, make your list from this one. And it says, you know, we are sexually compatible, intimately compatible. We're monogamous with one another. These are important things to look for. And you may, you add your own to the list, and then you, on the new moon, you read it out loud and put it in a thing for God to do box and uh, let it happen. But before you can have what you want, you have to know what that is. Mm. Yes, I I love your stories, Donny, uh, Dorothy. They they're so inspiring. And one thing that I say is that you will only find your true love when you really truly learn to love yourself. Right. And um, you were talking uh, previously about, um, you know how people have made changes within their own life, and then their world changes. And right. that's how I that's how I live is I understand that I create every single thing in my reality. I create the people. I I draw. You know, I I write the play. I write their story. I write how they are going to um, be in relationship to me. And I understand that there are an infinite number of parallel realities that we can shift into, that we can exist in, and it's truly up to us based on our actions, our thoughts, and our belief systems um, to be able to shift into the desired reality of our choice. And there are infinite possibilities. And so I'd like you to just um, kind of validate that or, or tell us what your oh, view on. 
absolutely, absolutely, there are infinite possibilities, and it's it's just so interesting. Uh, relationships, all of our relationships begin within our family. We learn how to react at a very early age. And so what we need to do is take a look at our family members, and we need to make peace with them. Now, if you have an abusive family member, that doesn't mean that you have to be in their face where they can continue to abuse you. But what you have to do is try to figure out why you chose this situation. Now, in my particular instance, I chose incest and rape and molestation by family friends and a mother who would turn her back on me. And I remember 22 years ago, I I had forgotten. I had wiped out my childhood. I had... um, I had a very selective memory, and I didn't remember these things. And I had co-created some interesting sub-personalities. But about 22 years ago, my mother and I were driving from Orange County up to Los Angeles to a whole life expo, and she said to me, did your father ever have sex with you? Well, at the time, I didn't remember that part. And I said, good God, Mother, no. Why would you ever say anything like that? And she said, because I always thought he did. I was so furious. I wanted to pull over, have her get out of the car and lay down in front of it so I could run over her a couple of times. I just couldn't imagine a mother having that kind of a thought. And even though my mind at that time wouldn't allow me to accept the truth of it, I was furious with her that she would think something like that. And my mother and I had a very adversarial relationship, and and, uh, that was just one of the things. But instead of pulling over, one of my invisible friends, but very visible to me, said to me, wouldn't you like to know how your mother got to be this way? And I said, "Uh, well, yeah because she is a real bitch. And uh, <laughs> I did. I'm just, I hated her. I hated her in that moment more than ever. And I had hated her previous to that. But uh, I thought I had gotten over it. And I realized in that moment that I didn't know anything about her childhood. And I thought about my grandmother, who was just the bitch of all bitches. I mean, she was a mean woman. And so uh, I didn't know anything about her childhood either. And this was 22 years ago. I was 40-something. I'm 47 now, so you do the math. But anyway, uh, I didn't I didn't know anything. And I asked her, as my friend suggested, Mom, what is your earliest childhood memory? And what she said to me, I'll never forget. She got really quiet, and she must have been two and a half or three and she said she had just jumped down from the table after having Sunday brunch, and she went outside and couldn't find her pet chicken. And she came back in and said to her mother, where is Fluffy? I can't find Fluffy. And her mother said, we just had her for lunch. You ate her heart. Well, can you imagine that might damage a little girl? It might really hurt them. And so I thought, wow, if that's her first memory, how bad was the rest of it? So I was able 
and forgive her in that moment. When we put ourselves into the place of other people, like the man in the office, and and when we when we ask what is what is going on in their lives that they can be this mean? What happened to them? When we come from this place of not judging and just loving them and knowing that we've invited them into our lives for a reason, then things can change. Now, I invited these things into my life because incest, rape, and molestation are big issues on this planet. And in my healing practice, I have had hundreds of women, and there's no uh, neon sign that says all rape victims or incest victims or molestation victims come here, but they find me. And they see that I'm healthy and happy, and that gives them permission to let go of their anger, of their rage and they can then begin the healing process. Wow, Dorothy. I mean, I'm uh thank you so much for for sharing your story. It it's so incredibly valuable um you know, for all of us and it's it it I can just feel the energy of of what you do and and how you have shared your life to really touch the lives of so many people and I'm I just I couldn't be more pleased that that you've made your way to us tonight to 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 share and to to you know put this energy out the three of us and and all those that are listening live and everything and of course this will all be archived and really having this this out there because uh, you know a lot of people just can't get to you and this and that but but hearing your story is so valuable and it's a reminder for all of us that you know not to hold back from from sharing our stories that that sharing it at that level of serving our higher selves um can make the difference for one or hundreds or thousands of other people and 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 but to look at our stories and to drop the ones that are about us being victims and and this that and the other and and share those stories that are at that high vibration and that 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 high resonance and um I'm really feeling that from you and um I'm you, feeling I, it very deeply. I had I had a PhD in victimhood and a masters in pitying <laughs> me for a long time but I tore those up because I truly understand that I chose these things. So I could become who I've come here to be. So no more victim here. And uh, I I really understand how things work. Like I said, it it took a lot of help from my friends from far, far away to get me to this point. But I share that story because I want people to know that it is a beautiful world and that those of you who have suffered – there's a reason for it. It's something that you needed to do in order to become who you've come here to be. No one would be able to hear me had I just come in as a full-blown ascended master and just said, oh, get over it. (laughs) No one could have heard me. 
We did that during the time of the Christ. We came down from the stars, that whole story about being born of a virgin and all of that is just nonsense, and I'm sure I'm going to make a lot of people out there angry over that, but it is. And we came down as masters in that lifetime, and we didn't complete our mission and purpose of abolishing government and religion because we had not experienced this thing that human beings buy into called death. There is no death. The soul lives forever. We hadn't experienced starvation and watching our children die in front of us. And we knew that it was all an illusion. But when you have lived through that illusion and you come out the other side of it and say, wow, it's just a play, it's just a story, and I invited this man into my life to do this and this man and this woman, and wow, I'm really creative. I created quite an interesting story. I need to write it all down and turn it into a a movie that... uh, wins an Academy Award, because when you can do that, then you are the power in your world. And the time for gurus is over. Each and every listener out there, I want you to understand that you are the unknown master. The mastery lies within you, and that's what this 1111 energy is about, is awakening the master within each and every human being on this planet. That is, and when it happens, the new world begins. I love it, Dorothy, and you're right. No more gurus, no more pedestals. That's that's all old paradigm. It doesn't hold a place. Um, we're all here to love and support each other. We're all here to play our role, and our individual role in the collective of humanity is needed and just as important as everyone else's role, and, and that's what it's about, and that's what awakening and, and, and you know, really dropping all the stuff that, that keeps us, you know, from, from fully expanding into who we came here to be is all about. Um, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to to be with us for for sharing from your heart and 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 I mean beyond this hour and a half we've spent together I just want to thank you Dorothy for doing what you've done for 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 literally standing up to your challenges out of the wheelchair and everything else and seven near-death experiences and turning that all into what can and is assisting all of us and you most definitely will see me in the next week or so i will be in touch with you um i've already sent a uh email to you for um for what you spoke of before and um your loving and your giving energy um is is so appreciated and and in in a way it's just given me permission to be that much more loving and that much more giving in everything I do. So thank you so much for being here tonight with us. Thank you so much for having me, and I can't wait to meet you in this dimension. And, Ilya, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't wait for you to come back to California. This has been a wonderful, wonderful time with the two of you, and you guys are awesome and I bow to the master within each of you. Thank you, Dorothy, so much for manifesting into my reality 
and for just co-creating this beautiful experience and sharing space with myself and with Dr. Dream tonight. And I just express so much love and so much gratitude to who you are. And I know that we will definitely meet in this dimension very, very soon. And I greatly, greatly look forward to it. It's truly been my honor to be here with both of you. And I look forward to doing this again and having you both on my show. <laughs> I, I, I state wholeheartedly yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So this thank you, Dorothy. This brings to conclusion um another really beautiful heart touching, you know, enlightening uh broadcast of Dream Reality New Earth Radio. Uh please pay attention to um our Facebook page under Dr. Dream, um or my own personal page. And um, follow the events we have coming up, including the 11.11 event, um, the Alchemy event. Laura and I will be doing some different things there. We're on a panel, doing some moderating, doing a galactivation. Um, Also, uh, we are creating a a program about, um, you know, temporarily sort of uh, titled The Inner Divines, about the inner divine feminine and inner divine masculine. We will be introducing that and taking that all around the world, wherever we are invited and called forth to be at. Um, and uh, there'll be some things going on with Occupy Santa Barbara, I believe, and Occupy LA. So just stick with us and follow us. And of course, next week we'll be back with um, another really incredible guest and um, another fun broadcast. And so please share it with your friends and uh, family because we all. We are all in this together, and um, truly, it's it's uh, there's a reason we're all here, and it's because it's going to take all of us. So thank you, everyone, so much, our listeners now live or um, in the archive broadcast. Uh, we do so appreciate you and your love and support, and um, I just couldn't imagine being here with more incredible beings um, than, than I get to experience now. So thank you all, and have a wonderful evening and a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you all. Good night. Thank you.